0: chapter fourteen of the love affairs of pixie by mrs george de vesey this librivox recording is in the public domain a proposal of marriage stanor vaughan stood with his hands thrust deep into his pockets looking down upon pixie's pale unconscious face he had motored thirty miles to hear the latest news of the little patient that was certainly one reason of his visit but a second had undoubtedly been to see once more the little patient's aunt at the house he had been informed that miss o'shaughnessy was in the garden and had tracked her without difficulty to her favourite seat and now there she lay poor sweet tired little soul with her head tilted back against the hedge and the wee mites of hands crossed upon her lap an image of weariness and dejection stanor vaughan felt within him the stirrings of tenderness and pity with which a strong man regards weakness in any form pixie was by nature such a jaunty little thing that it seemed doubly pathetic to see her so reduced a fellow wanted to take her up in his arms and comfort her and make her smile again a flush rose in Stanner's cheeks as he recalled an incident of the night of the accident after the hurried return to the house the three guests had sat alone waiting in miserable suspense for the doctor's verdict but pixie had disappeared no one knew where she had gone honor searched for her in vain and at last in an access of anxiety Stanner himself took up the quest he found her at last perched on the wide window seat of an upper window but all his persuasions could not move her from her post let me stay here she persisted it comforts me i can see i can see the lights you mean the motor lamps as they come up the drive no she said simply i mean the stars stanner was as unimaginative as most men of his age and his first impression was that the poor little thing was off her head he crept downstairs and rang for a basin of the good warm soup with which he and his companions had been provided an hour before when it was brought he carried the tray carefully up three long flights of stairs and besought of pixie to drink it forthwith she shook her head and all his persuasions could not rouse her to the exertion but being an obstinate young man he but set his lips and determined to succeed this time however he resorted to force instead of persuasion for having placed a tray on a corner of the sill he filled the spoon with soup and held it determinedly to the girl's lips now if she moved or made a fuss the soup would assuredly be spilled and no living girl would voluntarily pour soup over her frock but pixie made no fuss meekly obediently as a little bird she opened her lips and swallowed and swallowed again and again until the bowl was emptied of its contents there was something so trustful and unconscious about the action that the young man felt the smart of tears in his eyes the first tears he had known for many a long year when the soup had been finished he went away again and came back with a warm shawl which he had procured from a maid in wrapping it round the quiescent figure his hands had accidentally come in contact with hers and finding them cold as ice it seemed the natural thing to chafe them gently between his own quite natural also pixie appeared to find the action for the cold little fingers had tightened affectionately round his own it was left to him to flush and feel embarrassed pixie remained placidly unmoved the memory of those moments was vivid with stanor as he stood this morning looking down on the sleeping girl all through the three days of separation her image had pursued him and he had longed increasingly to see her again the tragic incidents of that long night had had more effect in strengthening his dawning love than many weeks of placid uneventful lives it had brought them heart to heart soul to soul all the little veneers and conventions of society had been thrust aside and it seemed to him that the crisis had revealed her altogether sweet and true when a young man is brought suddenly face to face with death when it is demonstrated before his eyes that the life of the youngest among us hangs upon a thread he is in the mood to appreciate the higher qualities Stanner had told himself uneasily that he had been too slack that he had not thought enough about these things the friends with whom he had consorted were mostly careless pleasure lovers like himself but this little girl was made of a finer clay to live with her would be an inspiration she would pull a fellow together there was however to be quite honest another and less worthy impetus which urged stanor forward but over this he preferred to draw a mental veil we are all guilty of the absurdity of posing for our own benefit and stanor like the rest preferred himself to be actuated wholly by lofty motives rather than partially by the wounded pride of a young man who has just discovered that he has been managed by an elder he sat down on the seat beside pixie and laid his hand gently over hers they opened automatically to receive it even before she lifted her lids he felt the welcoming touch and felt it characteristic of her nature you she cried gladly mr vaughan tis you oh that's nice was i sleeping that i didn't see you come i thought i should never sleep again jack can't sleep if he slept he might get well he is sleeping now said stanner quietly a man was sent to the lodge to answer all inquiries so that there should not be even a crunch on the path he is sleeping soundly and well "'If he sleeps on—' Pixie nodded, her face aglow. "'Oh, thank God, how I thank him. "'Sleep will make all the difference. "'Till now it's been nothing but a moment's nap "'and awake again with a scream. "'We've agonized for sleep. "'I could not have gone off so soundly if I hadn't known, "'inside, that Jack was asleep too. "'When you love anyone very, very much—' what touches them touches you you can't keep apart you mayn't always know it with your mind but the best part of you the part that feels it knows she smiled in his face with frank glad eyes but stanor flushed and looked at the ground should you know it if i were unhappy pixie i should know it about you I came this afternoon partly, mostly, because I knew how you'd be feeling, and I thought, I hoped, that I might help. Does it help you, Pixie, to have me sitting beside you, instead of being alone? Ought I to have come, or stayed away? I'm glad you came. I love to have you. I've been sad before this, but I've never been sad by myself. Esmeralda isn't my sister at this moment. She's just Jack's mother. And there's only one person who can help her, and that is Jack's father. Later on, too change. A flash of joy lit up the white face. Do you know what I'm waiting for? If Jack lives as soon as he's conscious and out of pain, he'll send for me. He'll want me to tell him stories, and the stronger he grows, the more stories he'll want. He'll need me, then. They'll all need me. Of course they'll need you other people need you pixie besides your relations why do you always go back to them i was speaking of myself i need you i've felt all at sea without you these last days i never met a girl like you before most girls are all one way or another so serious that they're dull or so empty-headed that it's a waste of time to talk to them you you are such a festive little thing pixie a fellow could never be dull in your company and yet you are so good you have such sweet thoughts you are so unselfish so kind go on cried pixie urgently go on her cheeks had flushed her eyes sparkled with animation it's the most reviving thing in the world to hear oneself praised i could listen to it for hours in what particular way now would you say that i was sweet she peered at him complacent curious blightingly unconscious of his emotions and the young man felt a stirring of hot impatience insinuation and innuendo were of no use where pixie o'shaughnessy was concerned an ordinary girl might scent a proposal afar off and amuse herself by an affectation of innocence but nothing short of a plain declaration of love would convince pixie of his sincerity pixie he said suddenly look at me he took her hands in his and. "'drew her round so as to face him as they sat. "'Look at me, Pixie,' he repeated. "'Look in my eyes. Tell me. "'What do you see?' "'Pixie looked, her own eyes wide and amazed. "'Her fingers stirred within his hands with a single nervous twitch "'and then lay still while into her eyes crept an expression of wonder and awe.' i don't know i don't know what what do i see love pixie my love my love for you i've fallen in love with you darling didn't you know i knew it that last evening when we were together upstairs i've known it better and better each day since and today i couldn't stay away i couldn't wait any longer pixie do you love me too of course i love you how can i help it cried pixie warmly her fingers tightened round his with affectionate pressure her eyes beamed encouragingly upon him never could there have been a warmer a more spontaneous response and yet strange to relate its very ardour had a chilling effect for Stanner, though young was experienced enough to realise that it is not in this fashion that a girl receives a declaration of love from the man of her heart. He himself had struggled with shyness and agitation. He was conscious of flushed cheeks, of a hoarseness of voice, of the beating of pulses. Then surely a girl taken by surprise, faced suddenly with the question of such enormous import, should not be less moved than he. The words, died upon his lips involuntarily his hands relaxed their grasp there was a moment of impossible impasse and strain before with a realised effort he forced himself to express a due delight that makes me very happy pixie I-, I was afraid you might not care i'm not half good enough for you i know that but i'll do my best i'll do everything i can to make you happy i'm not rich you know darling we should have to live on what i can make independently of the uncle for he has peculiar views he doesn't wish me to marry mary repeated pixie deeply she sat bolt upright in her seat her eyes suddenly alight with interest and excitement incredible as it might appear stanor realised that this was the first moment when the idea of marriage had entered her brain is it marrying you're talking about you want me to marry you you funny little soul of course i want it why else should i talk about loving i thought she said sighing it was just nice feeling It's natural for people to love each other when they live together in the same house and come through trouble and we're both attractive you don't need to marry every one you love i do declared stanner when it's a girl when it's you i want to have you for my own and keep you to myself and how can i do that if you're not my wife if you love me you must want to be with me too don't you dear don't you wish it shouldn't you like to be my wife pixie tilted her head in her well-known attitude of consideration i-i think i should she pronounced judicially i liked you from the moment we met and you've a good disposition dispositions are important in marriage and i'm domestic you like domestic girls and it's convenient when you're poor on how much a head would you expect me to keep house but that was too much for stanner's endurance he seized her in his strong arms and shook her with a tender violence pixie you little witch don't be so blindingly matter-of-fact i'm making you a declaration of love kindly receive it in a suitable fashion a fellow expects a girl to be a little uh, sentimental and poetic and overcome don't you know not to begin at once to talk of how much a head i've never been proposed to before you must excuse me if i make mistakes i'm quite willing to be sentimental i dote upon sentiment declared pixie in anxious propitiation "'Let's go back to where you were talking about me. Tell me exactly what it is that you most admire.' Stanor had been hoping for a little adulation for himself, but he gallantly stifled his feelings and proceeded to offer the incense which he believed would be most acceptable. "'Your character, darling. Your sweet and tender heart.' "'How nice,' said Pixie flatly. She sat silent for a moment and then ventured tentatively not my personal charm and your personal charm both you've more personal charm than any girl i know this was something like pixie beamed content at this moment she felt really engaged and agreed rapturously with all the encomiums which she had heard given to this happy condition success emboldened her to further flights the first time you met me, you didn't admire me then, my appearance, I mean you remember you said, "I did, yes, but you were so sweet in forgiving me that I admired you instantly for that. cried Stanner, skilfully turning the subject to safer ground, and when you're my wife, Pixie, you will seem the most beautiful woman in the world in my eyes it is very unworldly of you to consent without asking more about my affairs for i am a poor match for you little one it takes years for a man to make a decent income in business and i have so little experience my uncle has always promised to buy me a partnership in some good firm but of course there would have to be some preliminary training and if he did not approve but he must approve we must make him we couldn't marry without his consent he's been so good to you he has uncommonly good but when it comes to marrying it's a fellow's own affair i shall go my own way he's lame dear little girl what has that to do with the case in point well i think it has persisted pixie obstinately it has to me We must be nice to him, Stanor, and make him be pleased, whether he wants to or not. Did you notice how naturally I called you Stanor? I did. Couldn't you manage to put something before it by way of completion? Nice, Stanor. Handsome, Stanor. Clever, sensible, discriminating, Stanor. Quite so, said the discriminating one dryly. But I should have liked. Suddenly he burst into a ringing boyish laugh. <laughs> this is the rummiest proposal that was ever made. Pixie looked anxious. Is it rum? What exactly does rum mean applied to a proposal? It didn't sound approving it's my very own proposal and i won't have it abused i've enjoyed it very much i think we shall be very happy stanor when we are married and settled down in our own little house stanor looked at her keenly and as he looked he sighed dear little pixie he said gently i hope we shall end of chapter fourteen